Earn great returns on your money with the safety and security of a community bank. Bank of Clark is offering 4.85% annual percentage yield on six-month CDs, 5% APY on 12-month CDs and IRAs, and 4.95% APY on nine-month CDs. Visit your local Bank of Clark branch today or go to bankofclark.bank. We're the bank for that. Member FDIC. Limited time offer. Rate subject to change at any time. Minimum balance of $1,000 on CDs. A nature trail is more than a path. It's a place for laughter, self-reflection, and a breath of fresh air. All Trails Plus helps you plan your next hike so you can relax and enjoy the journey. Discover new trails near you with the distance away feature and get immersive trail previews and offline maps so you can take those exciting first steps with confidence. Get outside today with three free months of All Trails Plus. Just use code PODCAST23 at alltrails.com slash podcast. That's three months free at alltrails.com slash podcast with code PODCAST23. and welcome to the Grace Under Pressure podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Willis, and today we have a returning guest, uh, Miss Stephanie Williamson. Oh, I should say Professor Stephanie Williamson. <laughs> I'm still getting used to that, I gotta say. <laughs> well, I, it's definitely well-earned and certainly um, I, I couldn't, I always knew I'm gonna see this person get her black belt. So I'm excited to say that now, You've gotten it and you're an official jujitsu professor. And so I really wanted to have you back on the show as somebody who's just, you know, gotten ranked up uh, to what that experience was like, you know, to, to walk us through the day, those emotions, family, all that good stuff. Just wanted to hear that story. Well, I had, um, I got promoted on a Monday night and the week prior we were at Master Worlds and um, I competed the second time as a brown belt at master worlds and um to back up a little bit my goals were all were to always win worlds at every level and then get my black belt on the podium at worlds and um anyway I, things did not go my way that day at worlds and i was um honestly devastated and we my professor and i you know had a long conversation we went over my match you know the mistakes that were made and um a lot of it was just, it just wasn't my day. And which is, you know, if you compete often, you're going to have days that are just not your days. And um, so anyway, in our conversation, jokingly, I told him I wasn't coming because our gym had a planned promotion ceremony. And uh, so jokingly, I told him I wasn't coming to promotion ceremony because I wasn't even going to give him the temptation. Anyway, he laughed it off. I guess he took me seriously. Because we went to train the following Monday at uh, Vita, and Professor Abrao was there as a visiting instructor. And so when I walked in, there were a bunch of people that um, I had not seen in a long time, but I sort of assumed that they were there to see Abrao because um, mm -hmm. he now lives in Hawaii. And so we don't get to see him as often as normal. And so anyway, I just sort of assumed that that was they were there for that. And uh, so anyway, we started the class and it was funny, too, because Eric was there and um, and it was a Monday night, but it was a holiday, too. It was Labor Day. Yeah, Labor mm -hmm. Day. Mm -hmm. So anyway, he, they were closed for classes. So he was there. And again, assuming that he was there for a brow. 
And so anyway, so we started class and we actually started class with Professor Greg promoting uh, Casey from blue belt to purple belt. She had also competed at Master Worlds and won silver. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, so that sort of explained some of the people that were there. So I, I we, we got started warming up and I didn't think anything of it. We made rounds and um, kind of started the warm up and midway through Professor Eric stepped in the middle of the gym and kind of stopped everybody and, you know, gave his promotion speech. And about 20 seconds in, I knew what he was doing and I just started <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it was funny. Um, He looked just as nervous as, as I was once I realized it was for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, And anyway, he called me out there and he actually took his black belt off and promoted me with the black belt that he had been given um, oh, as his wow. first black belt. Yeah, it was, it was, I wouldn't have changed anything about it. It was really a sweet moment for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That sounds really just great. And uh, I think he definitely took you seriously about not coming to promotion. (laughs) I think he did too. too. Um, He and he has been my professor since the white belt. Um, Yeah. I started in a smaller gym and Mississippi and about six months into training he came Uh and started teaching there and um I went to all the tournaments he went to and you know he's moved around a little bit but I've remained under him the whole time just you know sometimes you just click with somebody and you learn best from them and Uh so we've I've he's hung I've hung with him he's hung with me the whole Uh um journey and so it was it was a very rewarding thing very Um, humbling too I will say oh for sure for sure you think about all that time and dedication and it's just it's paid off at the end for sure for sure and uh are you the first female black belt he's promoted or has he had the ability to do that to other females I know I'm his first female white to black okay man Um, I'm not sure about in Brazil and since he's been here but right for sure, the white to black, and that's a that's got to be a really special promotion for him too, you know. Well, and I'll I told him too he he's gonna die that I said this, but in my sobbing after losing at Worlds, I cry after I lose. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's Worlds or if it's you know the AGF tournament down the street. It's just mm-hmm. it's just part of my process. Mm-hmm. Judge that if you want to, but I do. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, and I was told him kind of after the fact I'm like I really wanted to win so you could promote your first female American on the podium to black belt and all of that like it wasn't Mm -hmm. just about me it was about you anyway he of course was like you're being ridiculous but (laughs) (laughs) I got no I understand I understand you want to make him proud I get it I get it yeah so what was I guess that's part of the reason why you didn't want to go to the promotion is that you didn't have the showing that she did um, so is there, um, I guess in those promotions, sometimes people think, you know, they didn't quote unquote earn it. Um, is that a, an emotion that you felt at the time or. You, you I, I truly did. Uh, not that I didn't earn it because 100%, um, you know, if you added up all the hours that I have spent training over the last seven or eight years, it, mm-hmm. it's probably more than a lot of people train in 15 years of training. Sure. Um, and so 
it was more I had set these goals and just really wanted to reach them. Mm -hmm. Um, But after receiving it and, you know, kind of taking a few days to accept, you know, accept it and see where I am. And Mm -hmm. I really was looking back and, you know, was super proud of what all, you know, he and I have accomplished together. And, um, and I say he and I have accomplished together as well as everyone I've trained with, because you don't, nobody is successful in the sport by themselves. You know, when you step on the mat, you're against another person, but honestly, all the training and preparation, if you don't have a solid team, you know, behind you and training with you every day, it's really hard to be competitive in the sport. Oh, for sure. I think that's, 100% true. And I know one of our professors that we're under, uh, not uh, not our main professor here, but he posed a question, is jujitsu an individual sport or a team sport? Uh, To which I responded quite adamantly, oh, it's both because you can't have the individual without the team and then you can't have a team without individuals, you know, so absolutely. But uh, but yeah, so walk us through, you know, the 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 first ever competition you had as a black belt. I mean, we, we just jumped straight into the fire with no gi pans. Uh, so, so why did you choose immediately turn right around? So you, I'm in um, nurse anesthesia school. And so I'm also a mom of two girls that are playing uh, softball on the weekends and things like that. So I have a lot going on. And so that night, um, after promotion, Eric handed me my phone and said, change your registry or change your IBJJF membership. And so I did. And um, he went online and approved it. And he said, now sign up for Nogi fans. (laughs) I said, (laughs) what? (laughs) Are you sure? And he said, I'm positive. And I said, okay. So I did. Um, And I don't train a lot of Nogi, just to be very honest. It's it's been more of like a cycle thing where if we're getting ready for a Nogi tournament, then I'll kind of do a camp, if you will, six, mm-hmm. eight weeks out and then start training a lot of Nogi. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done that a couple of times. When I got promoted to Purple Belt, we set a goal for Nogi Worlds as well. And so every um, I've competed, you know, in some bigger Nogi tournaments each year, but never that immediately after a promotion. Um, Mm -hmm. But I have to say that every time I've switched the focus a little bit off of just gi training to no gi training, my gi improves by drastic measures. I mean, I move so I start moving so much better and um, I'm just more comfortable moving and taking risk. And and I think you kind of get that when you train no gi um, Mm -hmm. more so than in the gi because, you know, you can control a little yeah. better in the gi than you can no gi. Oh, for sure. Uh, so, and, so we started our camp and um, the night before I, I had actually had clinicals the night before. Oh, and wow. so I was in Hattiesburg until four 30 and then drove to, um, to Dallas. Oh my Lord. And spent the night and we, um, anyway, got up the next morning and moved around a little bit and kind of got loosened up and he, <laughs> he looked at me. He said, you ready to do this? I'm like, Eric, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. And he, uh, he got a little bit, I don't say aggressive, but very persistent. And you are ready to do this. I don't promote anybody until they're ready to go to the next level. And that's not any different for you. Mm. 
And I said, all right, all right. And so I went out there and um, I had gone to class. It's funny. I always laugh at, um, I always kind of snicker when people make comments about, I've seen this move taught. I've seen this move taught. Like I've seen all these things. Um, but I learned a different way to do a rear naked choke. I've been doing those chokes since I was a white belt, mm-hmm. but I learned a different way from someone uh, Tuesday morning at class. I went to morning class to get my nogi rounds in and sweat a little bit, make sure my weight was good, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, he taught the same concept. He just verbalized it a little differently. And in that match, I could hear that person in my head telling me, you know, to expand my chest. Um, a lot of people tell you to arch your back, which mm-hmm. is not wrong. But he the way that he taught it was like to take a big breath and expand to finish it. And I wasn't able I started my match, I passed, the girl turned, and I went to take the back, but couldn't get both of my hooks in. But Mm -hmm. I had the setup for the rear naked choke, and I could hear him in my head, just expand your test, your chest, and she tapped, and it was, it was a good feeling. It was, um, it was very confirming for me that I was exactly where I needed to be, and, Mm -hmm. you know, was ready to take that next level. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's gr- a great feeling winning your your division for sure. And uh, and I know that it's always I I think you almost always go for the open, and that's always 100%. a challenge. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. And so with it being you know the black belt division, I mean, it's all you know they could have been doing it for who knows black belts for who knows how many years, right? You know, so what yeah. was that experience like? You know, could you feel the difference and the different you know styles games speeds that kind of stuff I think sometimes a lot of that comes down to your specific game versus their specific game you know at that level Mm -hmm. um something I've really kind of listened to over the years with Eric is kind of talking about how you start the fight and you're setting the tone so that you can play your game as opposed to responding to their game and um so I took my division match that way Cause I really didn't know anything about uh, the girl or anything that she really did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just went with my game and aggressive as always. And, you know, was fighting for takedowns and, and all of that. And so I, none of that crossed my mind. I just kind of played what I like to play mm-hmm. and it worked out well, but I will say in the open, um, I fought a girl that I love and adore and respect and have since the white belt. Mm-hmm. Um, Victoria Ansonelli, who is, like I said, I've been watching her. I've been watching her game and, uh, learning from her kind of on the side. And they're also close friends, uh, you know, with Eric and myself and for years. And so stepping into that and kind of getting to fight your idols is kind of, it's a weird feeling as well. And mm-hmm. so she was my first match in the open Mm-hmm. And we had a good match. And in the last 30 seconds, she got two points and I ended up mm-hmm. losing that match. But, mm-hmm. and I still, I know, you know, what mistakes I made and things that I need to work on. And, um, but it was still a very confirming feeling. She's a very well accomplished. She hasn't been a black belt. I think she got promoted last year. Okay. Um, but still very competitive. She won master worlds this year. Awesome. Um, someone I just, I've always loved and respected her. Mm-hmm. well if you gotta lose you'd rather lose to somebody that, that you respect yeah. and really like so yes but yeah I mean that was something that I know um 
my my coach Eric, he is different Eric uh, for the listeners. Um, he just got his black belt, so he's waiting a little bit before he jumps into those waters. But I like your go get it attitude. Like we're just gonna <laughs> go in there whole hog, just go in. <laughs> figure it out as we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what most of us are always doing, right? We're just figuring it out, guys. <laughs> I have um. I have, there's a girl that's a great friend of mine that I started training and she, she works through the white belt pretty fast. And, you know, she has her blue belt now and she's been competing and, mm-hmm. you know, when she's won some matches, lost some matches and, and I've, my advice to her and to anybody out there who's competing is go. Mm-hmm. The worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to lose and you're going to learn 10 times more than any one class is going to teach you. Oh, for sure. For sure. And uh, I was at Nogi uh, Pans and, you know, I'm known for the ankle locks and my coach up until, you know, that camp was saying, well, you know, the ankle locks, all the legs, it's kind of fading out. And so I really, I didn't drill it. You know, I wasn't really focused on it. And would you know, this girl pulls guard so fast, gets my ankle, makes two crunching noises. I'm like, tap. I had to tap (laughs) to an ankle lock. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, but, but I mean, those are things you just learn as you do it, what to expect. And the level of skill goes up every time. It's just, like you said, you learn so much more going and competing um, just in that one, maybe four matches. Cause you see very clearly if you've got holes in your game. Yes, for sure. It's always been, I've always learned more that way. I also think, too, like, depending on your size and weight and what game you play and what game, you know, the people at your gym play, it's an opportunity for you to kind of test your game out against somebody your age, your size, you know, male, female, all those kind of things. And it just gives you a different look than you would get with your normal training partners. For sure. And, yeah, because the training partners, they know your game, right? They know what to expect. Um, Whereas somebody brand, maybe brand new to you, um, or somebody in, you know, anybody in your division, you know, they're, they may not know your game or they may not let you get this, that everybody at the gym seems to let you weave your arm in like this, but that person may not let you or they have an answer uh, for it. What has been, I, you, you mentioned it with your, um, your co, uh, one of your friends who's just gotten her blue belt and competes. Um, what is that like now in the black belt, you know, era of your life uh of <laughs> of teaching now do you know are do you feel like there's more pressure on you when you teach or coach like what's that now like as a coach if you're helping somebody on the sidelines well, what's that like so I've been watching different people kind of make that black belt transition for uh you know for many years and I think it's really important to still have a learning mindset um so, for example, I taught at Vita last night and um, somebody asked a question about a guard pass. I got that all day long. I can give you every distinct, minute detail. I can tell you exactly without watching you what you're doing wrong based on what you're telling me is happening. I, that, I mean, I all day long can help you with that. Um, but some of uh, there's like aspects of the game that I'm not an expert on and will not pretend to be and so the next question and I ran it like an open mat with a Q&A in between mm-hmm. um and so 
we rolled and the next question was, okay, when I Baron Bolo and invert from this position, this is happening. And I looked at my friend who I know is very detailed at that. I'm like, I'm gonna let you take this one. Cause I don't, uh, I'm not quite the expert on that. Like you are. And so mm-hmm. I think it's important to know your strengths and know your weaknesses, regardless of what belt you have and always be open to learning. Um, and in any aspect, of life, whether it be teaching or whether it be working as a nurse at the bedside or mm-hmm. anything, if you're, you know, uncertain, I think it's important to be like, I'm not real sure. Let me see. Let me look at some things, but I'll definitely get back to you with an answer. I think and so I have tried very hard to maintain that because um, I've seen a lot of people not, and you'll see they get to the black belt and then all learning stops, like their progression completely stops. And that's so sad because it's not, the thing about jujitsu is it's lifelong learning. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that's a very healthy mindset. And I think that kind of rigid or fixed mindset that can be very dangerous. And I know yeah. that, you know, you're in the nursing field. <laughs> oh my God, I can only imagine how dangerous that would be if, you know, a nurse like, well, I know exactly what it is. And if they're wrong, that's somebody's yeah. life on the line. Right. And yeah. so, um, but no, I think that's, you know, just, like you said, jujitsu is a lifelong learning process. And so is the life itself. You know, things are constantly moving and changing and we've got to be able to say, it's okay. I may not know now, but I'm going to find the answer. Yes. Another thing too, I think with jujitsu is none of us have the same body types. And so something that may be, you know, very simple for you may be super complex for me. And so I think it's important to, you know, look, constantly be learning but also be aware that something you know if I'm teaching something that's super complicated for your body type for me to be aware that maybe I need to modify that for you as this you know as a student mm-hmm. and um, you know that way you're successful and so I think that's important too that's I've also been teaching at a friend of mine Lisa's uh, Shackleford on the yeah. coast I've been teaching for her on Monday nights which I've really enjoyed she has a nice she's got a good group of people there Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but in that class, there's varying ages, varying weight sizes, male, female, you know, just people in all different parts of life. And so in that class and in, in any classes that I teach a lot of the times, I'm having to kind of modify different things as I walk around so that it works for that person. Mm-hmm. And so I think as a professor, even more, it's important to remember that like, just because this one thing works this way for you that maybe it's going to work a little different because their arms are shorter or their legs are longer or, you know, they're 25 and can do things that you can't do or vice versa. You know, they're in their fifties. And so they're having to modify their Mm -hmm. movements based on what their body will allow them to do. And that's gotta be, that's the fun part because it's a challenge, but then that's also the hard part because it's a challenge. I would imagine um because shoot you know just teaching literature like I do it's hard to differentiate (laughs) so I can only imagine um differentiating for all different kinds of body types and ages out there because you know an 18 year old moves very different from a 30 mid-30s person so yeah (laughs) unless yeah no I uh we were out training um where was it that Ben and I just went? I think, we, yeah, it was like the Free State Jiu-Jitsu, which is in Jones County. 
And uh, it was just really interesting to see everybody, just how they roll differently and how the instructor was trying to help them. Okay, you're trying to get this move down. Okay, well, let's modify it this way to where, you know, if it's a triangle, I've got long legs, I can just jump up there and grab it. So it was just really interesting to see how that black belt. Um... Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. Addressed those kinds of situations. Yeah, and it's all different. One of the things I enjoy about training at different gyms is seeing the different styles um, because everyone has a different approach. Oh, yeah. I mean, just like we all have different perspectives. Yeah, you're gonna gonna definitely have a different different approach i know some people uh that i've uh you may have experienced this too especially like with lapel stuff uh which is its own rubik's cube that i'm trying <laughs> i'm trying to learn to like the gate i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> um and so you know oh well you need to do it this way you need to do it that way and i was taught by several people on lapels and then i had uh uh, a mutual friend. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure, you know, him, Cody Landry, he taught me how yes. to do it. Yeah. So he taught me some lapel stuff. I'm like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Yeah. So it's just different, same move, but just different style of communication makes all the difference too on that. So. The maddest Eric has ever been at me is we, I think I was a blue belt at the time and I had probably done five or six privates on passing De La Hiva, like breaking that hook, breaking that hook, breaking that hook. And I could do it drilling, but I never could do it in the roll. Like I was getting swept. I mean, it was, I was the easiest person in the gym to sweep at the time with De La Hiva. And he was telling me to turn my toes out and um, to break the hook. And I'm like, uh, and again, could do it in a drill, but every time I was rolling, I'm like, it hurts my knee, it hurts my knee. Mm -hmm. And another professor came to the gym and they're like, Stephanie, turn your knee out. And I'm like, oh. So anyway, I came back to him. I'm like, he told me to turn my knee out. And Eric's like, it's physically impossible to turn your toes and not turn your knee. And I'm like, <laughs> so literally they were saying the exact same thing, just in different words. And so- yeah. It, it, but it clicked for me that day. I also joke a lot with, I learned something, you know, three or four years ago, mm -hmm. but then it's retaught and all of a sudden it's the best thing I've ever seen in a, he'll, <laughs> he'll roll his eyes at me. I'm like, I was not ready to receive that day. Like I was not ready, <laughs> but today I am. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're, the past is the past. The yeah. time is now. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, but that's so true though. Some days your brain is like, yeah, yeah, I I'm jiving. I'm jiving. And then the next day it's like birds are just whistling in your ears. You get yeah. nothing. It's like, what is going on? So that's another thing too. Like in a teaching role, I've tried to remind myself, like I'm not an easy person to teach at all. I will work. I will do the work. I mean, I will work fingers to the bone, do the work, but sometimes I am not easy as far as like receiving exactly what it is you're saying. And mm -hmm. so I'm not, I am not the easiest to teach. And so um, I try to remember that like inverse when I'm teaching somebody, like if I can tell they're not getting it, like just being aware that I need to rephrase this because it's, mm -hmm. it's not on them. Like it's on me. I need to help them understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
And that's always, it's like, what can you say that's going to make it click? I know um, whenever I teach like X guard or single leg X, if I get the opportunity to teach um, sometimes, and it's usually because we have a lot of teenagers, the teenagers are looking like, okay, wait, what, what? I'm like, okay, guys, everybody find a partner, just mirror me. Let's go through this <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's how I have to do because I, I know how I learn with jujitsu. I have to see it and I have to feel it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I got to, you know, just giving me a mental picture sometimes works. But then if I if I feel it done correctly, like one or two times in a row, it's like, okay, it clicks. And then, <laughs> then yes. I can. And that seems to be what a lot of my kids, because they do a lot of other sports like baseball or soccer or something like that. And it's kind of, it's that same idea of that physical repetition and getting that feeling. And that seems to click with them. But I say that next time I teach, it's not going to work whatsoever. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But um, we've got a lot of, I know a couple of first time ever uh, kids in our gym. I say kids, they're, they're teenagers, they're driving, Uh, but they are going for their first ever tournament. And I was wondering if there was any kind of advice or what to talk about or what to expect on a first day tournament. If anybody's listening to this and they know you're a competitor, what advice you would give? My advice for your first tournament is to go and have fun. Um, Experience it. Because my opinion, competing is learned. You have to learn like what works for you. You know, if you get there and you have this huge adrenaline dump and, you know, you're exhausted after the first mat, like these are all things that you have to learn. So my advice is to go into the tournament. Do not cut a bunch of weight your first tournament. Just go and fight at the division that you're in um, and go and just experience it. Have somebody record so that when you go back and watch the match, because the matches in your mind and what you're feeling is going to go very differently than how it actually went. Like once you watch it, mm-hmm. um, my trends with students and, and myself too, is it felt terrible if you lost and it felt wonderful if you won. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when you go back and watch the video, you see your mistakes regardless. But then sometimes you watch the video and it's like one little thing that you did wrong oh, I can fix that and you can come back and be better. So first tournament, go in, fight your weight division, no expectations, go and try to enjoy the experience and then build off of that experience. Um, I have a whole pump list and it, like I listen to the songs in order. Like I have a designated time I put my headphones on and I like, it's a switch that I turn on mm-hmm. and I listen to music the whole time and, and it pumps me up and it's like super positive. Let's go um, music. But I also have friends who have to listen to something that like brings them down a few notches because they're so amped up that they can't focus. Hmm. And so some of like those details are learned, um, but you have to kind of develop some self-awareness by putting yourself in those positions and figuring out like what works for you. Hmm. You know, if you listen to wild rap music and you got in your match and you were so nervous you couldn't see straight maybe you need to kind of tone it down a little bit and kind of help control those emotions before you get out there mm-hmm. I personally just need something that pumps me up and gets me ready to go um so yeah first term and try not to cut weight unless you're like six months out and you're like I want to lose 10 pounds in the next few months and not, like that goal helps you you know stay 
committed to your nutrition and things. Mm-hmm. But I see a lot of people cut like 10 pounds of weight the night before their first tournament. And then I'm like, you didn't like you were miserable. So yeah. you don't really know like how you could have done because you were, you know, dehydrated and, mm-hmm. and all that. Kind of stuff. Um, so I would get the first timer experience out of the way and kind of see where you are before I started trying to cut weight like that. Yeah, that's just so dangerous. I know, um, about to say in the bodybuilding world, yeah, you you would shed a lot. You shed all your water. You don't drink anything for 24 hours kind of a deal. Like, But that's bodybuilding. You're yeah. on the edge of passing out the entire time versus, okay, let's go run a marathon with no water in our system and see how that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just so, so dangerous to, to cut that weight, um, which is a good thing. You know, a lot of tournaments, they make you weigh in you know, a few hours before or right before you go on, you know, hope, you know, to kind of combat that, but you know, people are going to find a way, people are going to find a way. <laughs> well, I'm not opposed to cutting weight per se, but that first time, I just think you learn so much about yourself that first time, like how you handle stress. And, you know, it's just hard to, it's hard to perform at your best if you've never done that. And then you're mm-hmm. put yourself in a situation that you're, you know, that you don't, you know, you've never been in before and now, now you've kind of fighting your body a little bit. Right. So I think once you've established that, if you need to cut a few pounds, you know, two or three pounds a night before then that's fine. But, um, you know, that first time, like I said, they, I, and I think they see like people who've been competing for a long time, cutting that weight. And I know a lot of them see it happening in the UFC, which is a whole different ball, game, whole different ball game. Yeah. They get the 24 hours. Mm-hmm. you know, to rehydrate and be ready to actually fight versus right. the 30 minutes you might get at the IBJJF tournament right. in the pit to rehydrate. Yeah. So for I sure. think that's why a lot of people are like, oh, I got to cut 10 pounds for this tournament. It's like, oh, don't mm-hmm. do it for your first one. Just go out there. Have yeah. fun. Yeah. I know. I don't think our, our kids, are, or if they were to cut anyway, they would be nothing but a skeleton at this point. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but I know. I the, definitely don't recommend for kids at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, and so I, um, when I was talking to them and one of them, I just, I assumed he had done a tournament before because he, he's been a part of the, the program for so long. I just assumed, you know, but uh, he, uh, he and uh, the girl who I really want to have on the show, she's such a success story in jujitsu. Her, her name's Dakota. Uh, she went from being in tears, not able to finish her first ever trial class to now she is signing up for a tournament and I she is. Love a yes. And so she's, I'm loving, she's doing all my fun stuff. She does the buggy choke. She does all that fun stuff, <laughs> but I'm um, like, yes, you're making a, you're making me proud out there. Um, but no, she, uh, I, I was encouraging both of them. I said, look, my first ever tournament, I had the biggest adrenaline ju- dump that I almost passed out. And so they said, Oh my God. I said, no, it's fine. I just, I didn't plan for it. Nobody warned me about it. So that's why I want to warn you so that if you start feeling a little lightheaded, that's okay. That's probably very normal, you know, because you've never had somebody coming at you really wanting to do damage. Right. And so, you know, we all have fun. We laugh, we have a good time in class, but, you know, when you go up against a complete stranger, you know, at an AGF, IBGGF, you know, whatever it may be, whatever platform, you know, it's not that they want to kill you. It's just they want they want to win. They, they want to win. 
mm-hmm. and they want you to lose. And so there it's, it's the closest thing you can get in jujitsu to an actual street fight, you know, yes. and um, you'll be sore for, it seems like months later, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was just trying to encourage them and say that, you know, it's okay to be nervous, but don't let those nerves, you know, take away from having a great time, you know, with friends, with family. And, uh, and it's a good thing. They get to go there. It's a whole group. It's a great group going down. It's in new Orleans. That's a fun place anyway to go. And so hopefully, I don't know, hopefully if they are listening to this, they'll be encouraged. I have one more to add on that. Have a plan on how you're going to start your fight. Like if you pull guard in the gym, be ready to pull guard. If you're somebody who normally takes down, have a plan on how you're going to start. Because one, you don't want to be waiting on them to decide how the match is going to go. Like you want to set that tone. But also when that moment hits where you're not quite sure what day of the week it is and why you signed up for this tournament because your heart's racing so fast. Mm hmm. You have, you're like, oh yeah, I was going to take down and then you can go. And then some of your, tra- and then your training kicks in and then it's a different, you know, it's a different thing to mm-hmm. where if you didn't know what your plan was when you walk out there and all that happens, you're, you're just kind of, you're just kind of stunned because you're nervous. So you can't think, but you're also not real sure what you wanted to do either. Mm. So that's my advice is to have a plan going in. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, the plan can always go sideways, but I think for sure. <laughs> What is it? Mike Tyson said everybody's got a plan until they're punched in the face or something like that. <laughs> but uh, that shouldn't happen, though. <laughs> but uh, I uh, I think that's so important that I think sometimes kids, you know, because they're just so excited, they're just so amped and they just want to get out there and go, go, go. Um, that, yeah, having a plan and drilling that plan. Yes. Almost to the point where you're you're sick of it. Um you know, that's so important because like you said, when you get out there, it's especially first ever tournament, it is nerve city. And at least, <laughs> at least you've got that muscle memory built up where, you know, your body kind of is like, okay, I got this. I've done this, you know, a hundred times before, you know, even stepping out on this mat. And so. I and think that, I've told, I think I told this story on the last episode about being a first tournament. I don't know. You may not have actually. I know we talked a lot about her softball and how it's good for kids and stuff. So Brianna's first tournament, she was four, maybe five. And um, she was so nervous that she just started sobbing uncontrollably on the side of the mat. You know, at AGF, they separate you. The mm-hmm. parents are on one side and they bring all the kids in the middle. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she... <laughs> was standing there and the the rest looking at us like is she gonna fight and you know at that point I let professor take over because I am the parent in that moment Mm -hmm. and anyway I kind of looked at him he's like she is fine let her fight I'm like all right well we're gonna let her fight so she is sobbing I mean like she bumps hands shakes fists does all the things and she is sobbing this girl comes in yes this girl comes into double legger and she sprawls takes the back, chokes her, she taps, hand in the air, the child is still crying. Like, (laughs) she has won the match, but I, you know, was definitely getting judged by every parent there in the moment. But that's one of the reasons that I think competing is so good is it teaches, it teaches at such a young age 
like how to handle pressure, like how to keep going despite the fact that on the inside you are definitely falling apart. And I think that's important for life too. Like life is not always going great, but you got to keep going. You got to keep doing your thing. And I know a jujitsu tournament is kind of a simplified version of that. But mm-hmm. man, if you can learn to control all of that that comes in that moment, you can really do some things outside that maybe you didn't think you could do. Oh, gosh, yes. And that emotional control, you know, being that young, it's I, I mean, I'm laughing because it's just funny thinking about it like she's crying and it's just killing it, you know, and still crying after she wins. But, you know, that's a lot of emotion for, you know, a young kid and getting exposed in a non-threatening way. I mean, yes, there's a match, but you know, it's not a life or death situation, but being exposed to panic or nervousness or being, you know, maybe just really just having self-doubt in that moment and being able to process that, I would think as a kid, especially as children is so helpful for them to be, you know, emotionally capable when something really bad happens and uh when the pressure gets a little bit more serious like you know what i'm dealing with with uh not personally but you know with my kids and you know junior year they're taking the acts you know they're taking some really hard tests you know they're getting ready for the rest of their life so to speak and uh that's pressure i have had a lot of kids i know last year i think i had six or seven kids have nervous breakdowns um, just cause it wasn't anything I was doing. It was just life was so stressful. Yes. And so I don't know. I think I, there's, I think jujitsu gives them so much value in, and honestly, grand scheme of things, big picture, who cares if she loses that match, but right. that learning how to work under pressure, if you will, mm-hmm. um, I feel like, and I'll, again, I'll let y'all know in a few years how it actually went, but I feel like when they're older and they're, you know, doing hard things in life, they're going to be more, feel more equipped to handle, you know, what is thrown at them. For sure. Because I think too often, you know, as, as parents or, you know, just society in general, you know, we want to try to make it as easy as possible, you know, as, as stress-free as possible, you know, to, you know, give every single opportunity. I don't want to say helicopter parent or lawn. Well, I think, you know, it's actually a lawnmower parent where they mow down uh, all the hard obstacles in front of the kids to make it easier. Yeah. That's coming from a great place. It's a wonderful place, but life is full of the, that tall grass or those obstacles. And so I think giving kids an actual legitimate or anybody giving them a physical struggle that they have to work through helps them find that grit, find that determination to really, you know, have that great work ethic to, if just because I'm feeling the pressure doesn't mean I have to metaphorically tap out to it. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, cause you talked, uh, talked about, you know, you'll, you, you know, jokingly said, you know, I'm not the best, you know, at, you know, being taught, but I will work at something. Right. And so yeah. I think that's, that's kind of at the heart of it, right. You, you're going and you, you're, it may be tough, but you're going to do the work, gosh darn it, you know. Yes. Several times we have been working some new move and I need it broken down like like you were teaching the three and four-year-olds. And, and we'll break it down like that and I'll drill those specific movements that for whatever reason my body said I can't do that. And so I would break it down that way and um, and I would, you know, within – 
you know, after a thousand reps, okay, now I can add the second piece. Okay. After another thousand reps, I can add the third piece. And so I think it's important. I just feel like jujitsu. I know I probably wouldn't have ever gone back to school without jujitsu, you know, mm-hmm. going back to school was something I always wanted to do, but didn't really feel like I was capable of doing. Um, and so I know it's given me the confidence to do a lot of things that I didn't feel like I was capable of. I wish I had found it before I was an adult. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. those those people who are adults now are young, you know, 18 year olds or, or 21 or so year olds getting those black belts. My God, they're monsters. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, I don't. Yeah. That's, that's what I would be terrified of, you know, is if I go, you know, competing against it because black belt, you don't know that, you know, there's no degree, you know, like they don't separate it based on the degree of the black belt. No, you could be going up against a three stripe white belt, uh, not white belt, excuse me, black belt. And it's like, I just got my black belt. Oh God. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's why, I mean, I just love, I just, that, that's a you move. I mean, it really is just to go out there. We're going guns blazing. I loved it. But, uh, but yeah. So anything that you would want to add or comment that what's new in your life, other than the black belt and a black belt, uh, Nogi pans, uh, gold medal. Well, I am hoping to get my first Nogi world's medals here in a couple of weeks awesome so it worked out we take finals the like monday tuesday wednesday of that week Mm -hmm. and then i would fight either friday or saturday so it worked out perfectly yes so yeah so we'll we'll uh i'm excited for it we've been training hard we just continued you know the nogi training that we did to get ready for um right for nogi paying so yeah Makes sense, man. I'm fix, excited. Fix my mistakes and hopefully uh-huh. pull out another one. Oh yeah, I, I, well, I am confident. I uh, I would bet my money on you if I could. If I bet, yeah. But uh, I know it's going to be. There'll be great matches. They'll be fun and um, win or lose. I don't like to say win or lose uh, because you don't lose, you learn. And so Always. either way, yeah, either way, you're going to be coming out ahead of the game. So and applying what you've learned to. Yeah, the gym and to your students and just stacking them up, man. <laughs> well, thank you for coming back on the show. I, I really appreciate your time. I like love talking to you and like getting your perspective on competition because when I think competitor, I think you. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you inviting me back. I really enjoyed it. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm glad to have you on. And anytime you want to be on the show, just know it's an open invitation. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye.
Hey, sweetie, what do you think of our new car from Carvana? Think it can handle our busy family? Well, we have seven days to see. First, we can take the scenic route to the beach and stargaze through the moonroof. We'll see if your drums fit in the trunk. Then we can pick up Mommy's friends and check out that leg room. And we should really visit Grandma. She's getting up there. That's like a whole lifetime in seven days. And like one busy family. With our seven-day money-back guarantee, you can confidently shop for cars 100% online. Visit Carvana.com for all terms and conditions. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Zaza Music Festival, the most anticipated summer event, is coming to Bader Field in Atlantic City on July 15th and 16th. Lado, Da Baby, Remy Ma, Freeway, Beanie Siegel, Coyle Ray, Coco Jones, and more. Plus, the world premiere of the new Burner Boy Breakfast Metaverse series with more artists to be announced. Tickets are on sale now at ZazaFestivals.com. Get your tickets before they're gone. Visit ZazaFestivals.com for more info about the VIP experience and the full lineup. ZazaFestivals.com. Dot com.